Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we're going to answer a question that I actually got at one of our recent seminars where an investor came up to me and they said, I said to them, well, what made you come come along to the seminar tonight? What was happening in your life that made you want to come along? And they said, here's the thing, look, I've become stuck by purchasing an older rental property uh, about six years ago. It's very, very maintenance heavy and I'm looking to sell and buy new or build a, a home and income for myself and they were open to ideas and I was saying to Andrew before we hit record you know we actually frequently hear these stories where people have either gone out and bought their own rental property or even more frequently is that when homeowners uh, are looking for a new property for themselves, they just keep the home they've been living in, turn it into a rental, and then go buy something that that they want. And that actually causes issues like this because, of course, you bought your first home in order to be be the right first home for you. You didn't buy it to be an investment property, and so it may not actually turn out to be a good investment property for a whole heap of different reasons. But we do often see people who have got stock, or we, we call it stock, but we really are talking about just investment properties. We've got investment properties that aren't necessarily right for their portfolio. So my question to Andrew is, well, what do you do in that situation? How do we optimise people's portfolios in order to be better geared for their goals? So I think uh, often, more often than not, yeah, the, the best answer is actually just to rip the Band-Aid off and get rid of that property. Um, I, I, I know that that's often the harder thing to do, particularly if you've had low growth or no growth uh, or even if it's gone backwards Um, so I know of one investor that went out um, despite any advice that I would have given and they bought something in Greymouth and they've owned that for a long period of time and just got no growth and it's costing them a lot Uh, well sorry now it's actually cash flow neutral or positive but the fact that they own that there and it's really held them back because there's only a certain amount of borrowing they can do has really hindered their ability to grow their portfolio and so finally now years later they're actually going to get rid of it and just move on to the next thing and I say this being exactly the same so uh, any of our any of our long-term listeners will remember me bleating on about Wilson's Road one of my investments that I've had for a number of years probably one of the the investments that I would not have made if I knew everything I knew today. So that property's cost me a lot in maintenance in the last wee while, particularly bringing up to the Healthy Homes Act, uh, and I would have told any of my clients to sell it. But instead I sit on it and think, oh, you know, but it could be good development land or, or, or all these things. And, and actually now... I've bit, I've bit the bullet. Next year, one of two things will happen. I will either develop that site or I will sell it. I won't sit on it any longer and let it hold me back from growing my portfolio. He's made the resolution, people. New Year's resolution. So I, I think it's really important to just kind of suck the save and, and bite the bullet and sell the properties that aren't performing in your portfolio. And again, you know, we all make mistakes. We, we buy something or we convert a house into a rental uh, and, and then it doesn't work out to be quite what we expected. It's costing us too much per week. It's costing us a maintenance. We ha- we're not getting the right tenants. I mean, again, when I started out, um, the first property I ever bought, number 20 Buclew Street uh, in Phillipstown in Christchurch, I would never buy that property today. Rough area, tried to do it as a room-by-room rental to achieve really good yield, went in there and um, stripped wallpaper and painted walls and made a monster of a job trying to do it myself and uh, then just had problematic tenants. Unfortunately, I was wise enough to sell that one quickly and then use that equity to go on to my next project. So I just think it's really important to to just get on and do it and and then help yourself uh, help go forward. 
you could, if you are going to keep something, uh, because, I don't know, there might not be the right circumstance to, to be able to sell it for one reason or another. Maybe, for example, you've got a tenancy in there at the moment and they might be in there for another year. Probably not ideal to be selling it in that environment particularly if they're not keeping the property to a high standard. So maybe in that case you want to look at restructuring your debt so that it is more affordable. So rates have come down quite a lot over the last wee while. So I um, I know I'd spoken in a previous episode about some of my clients that are currently restructuring their debt so that their interest rate's lower. Yes, it might mean paying a... Um, an early break fee or something like that but if you add that onto the mortgage and it allows you to hold on to that property for a longer period of time maybe that's the solution in that instance and hey i'm just going to jump in there and 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 remind us why we'd want to divest ourselves of properties that that have proven themselves not to be working and it is because if you are well whether you're leveraging off your own home or you've put cash in in order to be able to secure that property you do have funds or part of your wealth tied up in that property and if it's not performing for you you've got to use that equity for a better use. So even though it may be a bit painful that if only that property's gone up by, by 20k or so and you're going to have 30k of selling costs or 25k of selling costs by the time you pay the, the real estate agent and you make a small loss, if you can redeploy that capital into a into a, a property that is going to achieve capital growth, you're going to be so much better off in the long run because you've got to think, why did you get into property? And also, like, I, I think the, the mental side of things as well, if you've got a property which is causing you grief, if it's costing you a lot of maintenance and you're thinking about it a lot, time to reset that and get rid of it and then uh, don't have that burden and then you can go out and buy some better properties, take what you've learned and and go and buy some lower maintenance properties, some properties that aren't going to cost you as much per week and then you can do it time and time again because again if it's hard you're probably not going to buy enough properties to make you really rich and so we want to see our clients be able to build a portfolio so it's important that you get it right and if you haven't let's, let's make it right. And the other thing that I'd just mention as well is there's a timeline around this as well before you call something a dud. So say you bought a property this year and it was in a, a city that was relatively flat. Uh, Wellington was flat for so long. You might have bought a $500,000 property in Wellington and for a couple of years it might have done nothing. It might have stayed exactly the same uh, value. Now that didn't necessarily mean that it was a bad investment because this year, uh, or in 2019, from November 2018 to 2019, uh, Wellington region house prices increased by 12.1%. So of course we do tend to see properties get most of their capital growth in quite a concentrated space of time because that's the way economic, uh, property cycles tend to work. But there, there is an amount of time, you'll probably have to judge that yourself, uh, or get some advice around what that is for the specific property you may have in mind but just because it didn't you projected it to grow at five percent this year and it grew at three percent doesn't necessarily make it a bad investment yes and that's that's a really good point ed um i i do again have uh people often ask me you know is this the right property should i sell it now and it might have all the fundamentals right and it might not be costing a lot per week and people might suddenly think oh i'll just get rid of it and and, and those people they get rid of it at a low price i pick it up at a low price and then I get the growth and they've already invested money per week to, to hold on to it for those three years you really want to take a long-term approach I'm just more talking about those properties where it's not getting the right tenant it's costing a lot of maintenance or maybe it's just a really low yield and it always will be because it's your house converted into a rental and it's going to stop you having four properties rather than just one. 
Yes, so you've always got to compare, you know, what made you purchase this property is probably going to be a really good indicator. If you bought it or you've you've now acquired it uh, because you bought it off a family member or you turned your own house into a rental, you know, these are all the sorts of things. Or you bought it so that a family member could live in it and now they don't. You know, all of these sorts of situations we see relatively frequently. Those are usually the markers of, of a poor investment because you haven't actually sat down, figured out your buying criteria and then got, went and and purchased the property or acquired it based on that buying criteria. They're accidental landlords, and generally speaking, they won't make as much money as someone who is treating this as a business, looking at the numbers, looking at the fundamentals, and getting that right. Now let's wrap it up there, but if you want to learn more about property with Andrew and I, then why not check out our Epic Guide to Property Investment. This is the 16,000 word guide that is available on our website completely free. Don't even need to put in your email address, and here's how you get to it. Pull out your phone. Google Property Investment NZ, and then once you get your search results, scroll past those ads. Now, we're always in the top three kind of results there, so just go and click on that, and it'll probably some, say something like updated and have a photo of Andrew in it. That's how you know it's the Opus one. Right. So just go there, Google Property Investment NZ, click in, in there. It's a really good read. It'll take about 45 minutes to go through, but what it will give you is a really solid foundation about the fundamentals of the New Zealand property market. Now, of course, please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. Guys, you don't understand how much that impacts our ability to get the message out to more and more people. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until then.